spidey senses tingling. Hello, star of the Big Bang Theory, Slim Parsons is on the show. Wow. Good one. Well played. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Paper Keg Podcast, episode 40. Uh, everyone's been waiting for this. I'm not going to BS you right now. The e- internet has everybody. officially burned down. Excitement. Uh, Paper Keg is a podcast about comics. We talk about industry news, the books we're reading. Uh, we do a book club. Special guest. We'll get to her in a minute. The book oh, club. Woman. Well, well, what did you say? Her? Lost Dogs by Jeff Lemire. And then we'll get into your letters. Let's go around the room. You know, we'll start with uh, Mark Farrington. You've been described as a media entrepreneur. Since when? Who says that? Uh, recently. We got an email about it. I, oh. didn't, I didn't give it to you. I appreciate that. Uh, you're a published writer. Yes, sir. You've been telling us you're going to be on Tosh.0 for the past eight months. I should check in with my director on that. Uh, yes, hello. You're a, you're a TV star. You're a former DC historian. And I am happy to be here. I think that's in his LinkedIn profile. I gotta get on LinkedIn. We have some other people here with us. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Uh, He is your mother's best friend's neighbor's favorite unpublished writer. Suburban superstar. (laughs) Wow. Listen to this guy. He's just waiting to unleash his own nickname for himself. How long have you been sitting on Suburban Superstar? Since I moved to the suburbs. (laughs) Wow. Uh, You're working on your own comic book. You're a creator-owned... Maybe in the future you'll be creator-owned creator. Yes. What's the stat? What's the update? Give us a 30-second status on your comic that you're making right now. 30 seconds? Three seconds. Ten seconds right Uh, now. Ten seconds? Uh, Jones and Lewis Beer on Words. Feinsta on Pictures. Uh, Coming to a comic book shop near you sometime in the future. Lightning round. Of this life. Um, Of this life. Dale underscore A. You've been called the bad boy of the episode. You know how uh, you know those boy bands have the bad boy. I would be the. You know the mothers don't like them. I'd be the Lance Bass. Bear. I loved Lance Bass. Not many people do. No. He's in space now, I think. Probably. Mm. Guitar. And a little bit gay. Hey. <laughs> that is actually fact. Dale underscore A, who is not gay, he is as straight as the day is long. Welcome back to the show. It's good to be here, everyone. Lemire Keg. I've been, uh, I've been, um... Excited? Reading books and saving my thoughts for this episode. Big show. Returning from one of the most popular episodes of all time, Buffy Keg. Definitely. She is back. She is none other than super fan Beth Corto at B underscore Corto on the Twitter. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. It's an honor. I know it is. Yeah. For you. 
Ooh. to be here with me. Reverse troll. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we've been waiting to record this for a very long time. You know, we wanted to get into Lemire Keg. We all love Jeff Lemire. Essex right? County. Oh Beth, Beth Corto's scheduling, though. Can we get into that? Let's do it. She has got scheduling problems. She should, if she only made her calendar public, you would all weep with uh, stress and bags under your eyes. Mm-hmm. Because I'd of another five-hour energy drink. The commitments that this woman has is staggering. But it's only until Friday, and then I'm quitting my job. Oh, oh! Spoilers. That Beth, is spo- Beth works as a gas station attendant. <laughs> she will no longer be there. Well, close, so, close. Uh, we want to get into some news. You know, the schedule is going to be some news. Yeah. With the books we're reading, new and old. I think Beth has some kind of pornography comic she wants to talk about. If it's really? anything like last time. It's, it's scandalous. Less scandalous. I, I'm pretty sure you found that the last episode you were on. You found a comic at a gas station or something, right? At like a deli, and it was, it was there yeah, was just I mean, it was hot sex. I yeah. don't even understand how they sold it. Naked people on the cover. I buy it. You know, <laughs> guy behind the counter was uh, turning a blind eye and playing Sega Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll get into Lost Dogs as our book club, and we'll read your letters. We got a lot of letters this week for Beth. Yay. Yeah. They really rolled yeah. out the red carpet. For yeah, this they one. did. Word got out you were going to be on, and they just came flooding in. You know, the stare- I think nine of them are from Mary uh, at Mary Train. On the at Mary Train. At Mary oh, Sale. I love at Mary Sale. Train. Yeah. Oh, it's Sale. Uh, yeah, it's changed. She's married now. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. So hands off. <laughs> um, you know, we want to talk about uh, really quick in the news. Catcher, big big oh, friend of the show. Yeah, love that guy. Great you know, guy. he uh, Canadian, but that's okay. Oh, he is. Oh, jeez. He gets, he gets one of the paper keg green cards, as yeah. they say. <laughs> uh, Brad was the first one to get him. Yeah, uh, I think we revoked Brad's. Gobo's working on it. I don't think uh, he even listens, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I don't even think he can stream podcasts in Canada. Bra- because he can't breathe to get up on the chair to download it. <laughs> Brad might uh, Brad might cut his up after he hears next week's uh, Transmetropolitan show. Um, so Catcher is drawing these uh, kind of mini-comics for our shows. How would you describe the mini-comics? They're almost like... Surreal dream state comics about a scene in one episode, and they're fantastically hilarious. Yeah, they're like if there was like a cross section of a point one second of us recording in a room on a chair, microphones in front of us. I mean, it, they're just so simple yet so like deep. Mm-hmm. If that's a good word to say, deep. They're yeah, amazing. Favorite, my favorite one is the one where I space out on the lightning round. Yeah. <laughs> So all of them are so good, and the uh, one that stands out is when he uh, we're all getting ready to record, and we all we're all goofing around. Then we yeah. all go silent and start. Yeah, the music. so we'll probably put up a bunch of them when he does. Uh, I think maybe this one upcoming is his first official. So stay tuned. Yeah. So thanks, catcher. You're you're amazing. Uh, amazing. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Are you excited for a new guest where I might possibly poke fun at them more than you in this episode? You know what? B. Corto's done good by me, so just <laughs> so throw yes, the brunt at you me. are excited for <laughs> Throw the brunt at me. I'll take it. Give us some news, Mark Farrington, uh, entrepreneur to the stars. April 1st, Disney XD is launching what they are calling the Marvel Universe block. So they are releasing their cartoon, Ultimate Spider-Man, which is being produced by Brian Michael Bendis. I believe he's one of the writers. Jeff Loeb. And Paul Dini. Now, on top of that, to follow that is going to be returning Avengers. Amazing. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. 
second season. Didn't really like it at first, but it got incredibly good. Right, good. I was about to it back, got incredibly good. You. It's almost as good as Young Justice. Um, Garbage. <laughs> some folks think this is to counter DC's announcement last year with Cartoon Network doing the DC Nation, uh, where they were highlighting the Young Justice, Green Lantern soon this upcoming season, and also DC snippets and insiders and little five minute cartoons they're doing. Hmm. Anybody watch that Green Lantern show yet? The 3D something or other? I loved it, yeah. Was there any doubt that you would love it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to be hard on it. <laughs> Name three DC animated series that you do not like. The Zeta Project. Never heard of it. Catherine Zeta-Jones had an animated the show? The spinoff of uh, Black Man Beyond. <laughs> Is that sure t- you just referenced <laughs> an episode that hasn't been released yet. <laughs> fourth Wall. Super Meta. Um, wow. Who gets future cast? <laughs> <laughs> future cast. <laughs> Drink. I'm gonna keep talking. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> and yet I can't. Wait, not two other two other animated series that you do not enjoy. You really want to hear this? Didn't yeah, you? I do. All right. It's a news item. The Batman. All right. Uh, you know who did the uh, original intro for that show? The Edge from U2. Yeah, and then so they it was amazing. With, then they replaced it in season three with a crappy techno version. Mm-hmm. Movie. That's all I, that's one, all I got. One other, oh, what's there the third one? There is none. There is none. No hatchet. There is none. They've all been good. I'm excited. F- <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for uh, the return of the Avengers. I, th- I put that right up there with, in terms of enjoyment factor, Batman the animated series. Oh wow, that's on the uh, Netflix, right? I still have mm-hmm. to get into that. Mm-hmm. Watch, you know. watch the Captain America flashback episode first. Before right. That is else. an amazing episode. Amazing, amazing art direction. The Marvel mm-hmm. series didn't really have one long, continuously good animated series. X-Men and Spider-Man started out great, and then they fizzled, in my opinion. Avengers has started off okay and just picked up strong, and it finished strong. Mm-hmm. So I hope it keeps it up. We'll see. Didn't watch the second season in uh, Jeff Loeb, we trust. So Is that on Netflix yet, season two? Avengers? Uh, I think all of them are I do there. believe all of them are on there. I'll have to uh, do a little catch-up. Um, we're running out of time for Lemire Keg. We're literally over the limit for time. There's no way. There's no way. Alrighty. Uh, who shall we begin the book chatter with? Superfan? Should we, should we just right off the bat? Special talk about guest. Yeah. She's the guest. Talk about yeah, her Parmian. mysterious non-English comic book that I assume she is going to talk about <laughs> right Mildly now. Mildly pornographic. She's going to translate it for Mildly pornographic. At B underscore Corto on the Twitter. Underscore to. Underscore to. That's Nice. So, I read Chico y Rita. So, Chico Ooh. and Rita. BDS over yeah, here. Pretty, pretty hardcore. Um, by Javier Mariscal and Jeez, Fernando Torreira. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I speak Spanish. Do you have a degree yeah. that you want to just whip out right yeah, now? And my just... bad. I do, and I have a pocket-sized version of it. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm just going to go. Okay, what is, yeah, right. What is class you have to show here? Thick. This is a hardcover. Is, is that um, a naked woman on the cover? There, well, you can only see part of her butt cheek, but okay. yes, yes, there are some naked people. It's um, it's a love story. It's a, the equivalent of a telenovela, which is a Spanish soap opera, but in book form. I knew that. Nice. Yeah. You're nice. a big soap fan. Yeah. Now, uh, Beth, Chico is pretty boy in Spanish, am I right? It's just boy. That's Chico. what I meant. Pretty yep. boy. Chico is... <laughs> I'm Mason. pretty sure it means boy. Mason Jonesy. <laughs> yep. Chico is boy. Rita is 
Rita. Mm -hmm. um, pretty easy. So it's a love story that takes place in two parts in uh, 1948 Havana, Cuba, which is pre-revolution, pre-Fidel. And then 2008, which is well into the revolution, well into when things kind of went south after the uh, the Soviet Union collapsed. Um, disclaimer, I wrote a thesis on the Cuban Revolution. <laughs> wow. <so. laughs> kind of a huge nerd about this. Um, That's amazing. So, 58 pages in, you see Boob and Bush. Oh, yeah. there's it's, <laughs> and, then, and then there's a chick fight, too. Because, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty graphic. Apparently... Um, this was a tactless. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can we get, get t-shirts made that just says <laughs> boob and bush? <laughs> Page 58. Page 58. Can we get that on our merchandising spreadsheet? That has to be a new sounder. Just make your website for where to find the boob and bush in each comic. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Millions made. You feel like the Mr. Skin of comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, Apparently, it's it's a movie that came out in 2010, and um, I couldn't figure out if the book came out first. I guess if I look at the published date, it might tell me that. But mm. um, it it's based out of Havana. Um, the writers are Cuban, but the movie came out first. Just like in uh, just like in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, and I think I, I honestly wish that I'd seen the movie before I read it. It's uh, a lot of it's Diana based on Day. the music version of. There are two musicians, a pianist and a singer, who meet and fall in love, and then they fight and continue to fall in love and fight and cheat on each other and fight, and it's very drawn out. And the story relies so much on how she has a beautiful voice and how he's an amazing pianist. But that really doesn't translate when you're... Yeah, thanks, Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> He's an amazing piano player. I shook my head no at him. I know. I just We just locked eyes, yep. and that was enough for him to lose it. Sorry, sorry. I took a little bit too high, bro, on the paper keg. I looked for permission. It was denied. <laughs> yeah. No. And you went for it anyway. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for that. What, what a finish. What a finish. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. But I would recommend checking out the movie also because it probably has subtitles this is in spanish um but it's it's beautiful it's a great love story about how and they eventually wind up together after 40 years of fighting and losing track and one becomes famous and then the other becomes destitute and then they switch roles um hmm. but you know the is there those, a happy ending yeah they come back together when they're old and wrinkly in a vegas hotel so Thanks. maybe maybe not happy, but um, by way of Key West, it it honestly the the historical significance of it reminded me of Day Tripper, which is what got me into uh -huh. comics uh, to Day begin Tripper. with. The art is very reminiscent of looking at um, how Latin America has evolved hmm. since the Spanish left and various dictators came through. Um, it's cool. Wow! See it the movie. It, I mean, looking at it, it's it's very beautiful, and uh, it's a beautiful book, a hardcover. It's really nice. I, I mean, I, I can't read it, but it looks it looks gorgeous, and it looks like um, something I would maybe you could read it to me or something. Cause sure, sure. <laughs> he can't me. read. It looks really <laughs> interesting. I'll, I'll yeah. do start a translation now for Chicorita. Just doing a quick thumb through of the book. It's hardcover. More nudity. Uh, oh, there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> there's over two hundred pages. Beth, how much did this cost you? I'm just curious. I I got it as a Christmas present. Yeah, I don't. I honestly <laughs> four don't, million pesos. Yeah, I don't know if you can buy it in the U.S. Um, I my aunt bought it in 
same. This is even oh, more significant nice. then. Sorry. Yeah, right? um, but I, I'm i sure since it's a, it's a Cuban book, so I feel like you could probably find at least the movie. The movie was released in – it won a bunch of European prizes. It was released last year. Mark, oh, wow. Mark so wants you your copy. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. But <laughs> Working on it. I would have to put it in a plastic cover before I send it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, inside joke. Mark is awful, and he has, a, he has a plastic covering, like a children's textbook, over his laptop. Do you still have that cover? It's all curled and... Jonesy, what are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it's from pre-revolutionary Cuba. <laughs> no, pre-revolution was the good time. Sorry. Oh, Sandra, yeah, we're just we can't, we about can't, to we can't like even make just offhanded jokes about Cuba. She no. She'll just see through them. Sorry, nerd alert. Jonesy loves beer. Uh... As yet unpublished writer, local. I don't think I ever want to publish now, so I could take that moniker. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Fatal, issue one. Ooh, by the by the Brubes. And uh, who's his uh, crazy cohort? Sean Phillips. Sean Phillips. Phillips. Yes, they uh, they pair again for Fatal. Uh, amazing first issue. Main character. Uh, is it the executor of a friend of the family's will? He's a famous writer, mystery Mark writer. Mark Farrington is in this book. <laughs> is Rations mentioned? Mystery. So, Rations. <laughs> Rations number one is the name of his first novel. <laughs> now uh, <laughs> he finds uh, a manuscript, a unpublished manuscript from this uh, this person at his home, and uh, from that point on, his world gets turned upside down. He uh, he. Acquires a partner, a femme fatale, if you will, who you find out through the course of the issue. Spoilers. Fast forward. She is both in his life and mentioned in the manuscript, which is published 70 years prior. Dum, dum, dum. Whoa. That Definitely is. has me hooked. I mean, come on. Sleeper, criminal. I mean, there was no doubt that I was going to like this book. No, you're right about just that. Just based off the uh, the creative team. Uh, cannot wait for issue number two. It's an image property, too. Yes. I wonder why um, they didn't go icon. I mean, I guess maybe it's just uh, just the way the cards fall, but they're obviously they're not wedded to icon like with Criminal and something. Yeah, maybe Marvel said no. Who yeah, that's, that's true. Or they too. just never went to him. What a sleeper was the Wildstorm? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it took place in the Wildstorm universe. Right, right. I, I think this is not meant to take place in any universe. No. My, I loved it. I bought it uh, on the on the app. Actually, I bought it on the website. But I this like I saw actually someone on Twitter say the same thing. But I wish uh, this was a collected book. Like I don't. It's not a book I want to read monthly. Yeah, you I mean, tweeted I do, about that. I, I do want to read it, but I, I wish like someone would break the norm and release like six issues of something as a All at once. as a graphic novel. Everyone hates that word. But Take it a page a out of JMS's book. Yeah, make it a, a collected edition. Yeah, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that'll never happen. No, I mean that that has serious ramification for monthly for comic book shops in general. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But uh, is it because of the you don't want to wait to read it, or because you just think it would read better? As in, both, it's definitely going to read better as a collected edition. Yeah, and I'm sure if anyone has reads Criminal now, you know there was only a six month time frame that you would have read it as a monthly. But how how many people that read Criminal or Incognito read it in a collected manner? 
yeah. now as opposed to monthly. I would have never been able to keep up with Sleeper month to month. I would have fell off of that. But mm-hmm. since I was able to read it from issue number one till mm-hmm. its completion, I was just on board. It was one of those times where like I start reading issue one at 8 o'clock at night, and I know I have to be at work at 7 in the morning, but I just stay up till 3 reading the whole run. Yeah. Meanwhile, Beth Corto is like writing a thesis on you know, <laughs> Cuba. Constructed with we're, read, we're reading funny books, and she's uh, I'm in my massage chair with the heat on. <laughs> yeah, that's a, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I bought the issue. I didn't read it yet, um, but I was very impressed by the, even the buzz on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're you're you feel the the pulse of Twitter. Yeah, and it was you like, are Twitter. It was it was. I mean, to say it was on fire, not to use that word, but. Fate, Fatal was mentioned a lot on Twitter, and which is cool. I mean, and with our uh, hopeful predictions of 2012 being the creator, the year of the creator, and the creator-owned book, um, that that has a good uh, possibility for be- coming true based on Fatal alone, because mm-hmm. it was it was uh, people were going crazy over it. Side note: I just thought of this, and it's a little derailment, but uh, Slim always talks about uh, Brew Baker always sending his characters to prison. You remember this? We talk about yeah, this a lot. Yeah. Uh, there is a movie starring Robert Redford called Brubaker, and the main <laughs> character goes to prison. Think, oh, did boy. Did we I talk about that not. before? On or Twitter we did. Oh, okay. I tweeted you. <laughs> I like think you might have even made podcast talk because I was trying to find uh, some way to poke a hole in that theory, but he even, it's sent, on Bat- Netflix. He even sent Batman to jail, Brubaker. Yeah. So I think you did it on show. Jail fetish. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone has one. Did it's you write a thesis on that? Big Corto? Cuban jails. Broadliners? Um, I, w- I had a point, but now I can't remember because we're talking about jail fetishes. <laughs> uh, Brew Baker and Fatal. Uh, Dale underscore A. You're on the Twitter. The Twitter. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Dale underscore A. Uh, follow me. Uh, I'm going to go with Mark, Mr. Mark Wade and... The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Just one issue, one sole issue in the... Is he in this issue? 90 plus. No, he is not. He wrote this issue. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, Sounds like the greatest issue ever, <laughs> written by Spider-Man. <laughs> Starring Mark Wade. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to talk about super meta. I think that would set the record. <laughs> Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man is a part one of a part two story that involves Daredevil and the Black Cat. Jonesy's pants just got tight. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It is a really, really cool. Uh, Black Cat is being framed for robbing uh, Horizon, the uh, scientist place that Peter Parker works. The science place. Right. Uh, nerd. And B- Black Cat is caught on camera uh, stealing something, which is very un-Black cat She knows better than to be seen on camera. And uh, so Spider-Man, just broken up from um, his lady luck, his lady love from the police force, Carly Cooper, uh, love her. S- run in, runs into Black Cat and just starts going like, turns into a big, mushy dummy. Like, he doesn't know what to say to her because, you know, he's been without woman for, uh, for a little while now. And, uh, you know, just like any man trying to bed sand yeah. coital. Yeah, exactly. So he turns into a big dummy, and he doesn't know what to say. He starts tripping over his words. And Black Cat, they have a. I love Black Cat and uh, Spider Man's relationship. It's always flirty and it's always fun. And Mark Wade just writes it to a T. 
and um, uh, Spider-Man sees this and, and thinks that Peter Parker sees this and says, there's no way Black Cat robbed this place. He's going to go seek out the consult of one lawyer who could maybe represent who? Felicia. Who could this be? Mr. Matt Murdock. Oh. And uh, he he runs into Daredevil. And it's and it's it's really funny since the uh, reboot of Daredevil proper, um, people always assume and accuse him of being Daredevil. And he just denies it to it to no end. And he's actually in the middle of this conversation where he's like, well, you're going to have to ask Daredevil that because I'm not Daredevil. I'm Matt Murdock. And Spider-Man swings in. He's like, hey, Daredevil, can you uh, – <laughs> I need your help for a second. And just like totally he's like, no, you're going to have to go find him then because I'm not Daredevil. And uh, later and, in that issue, uh, they're on the rooftop and uh, Daredevil's like, yeah, it's cool and all. I just really don't you know, announce it that much. Yeah. Like, I definitely read that conversation. Spider-Man's like, oh, and I apologize if I didn't see the writing on the wall there. But uh, they're on their way to – to kind of research the uh, the real reason as to why Black Cat's being framed as Spider-Man and Daredevil, they run into some issue and their their banter back and forth is really great. And the uh, it, the part two of the story is going to be a next month's Daredevil issue, and uh, I can't wait to read it because hmm. it was it was a really good issue. Amazing Spider, I mean, I I can go on about it. You know, you could you, know I you could have your own about podcast about Amazing Spider-Man every and it would be new content every week. You know, <laughs> that's so, correct. Uh, there was a chuckle hut moment at the dining room table before the show where I was reading this issue that Dale let me borrow. And uh, there it gets to the part where you have Peter's inner monologue when he sees Black Cat for the first time. And it's like, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. And I, I had this sigh of joy that erupted some laughter for Rev. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, <sighs> <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man. 677. That might hit 700. Uh, within the next twelve months, probably. Probably, in the next and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to troll you either. No, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. That'd be a big issue. It's, yeah, it will be. Wolverine and the X Men. Beth Corto's favorite book, I think, that's out right now. I Better like be. the X Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might like this book, my friend. Okay. Beth Corto. So Wolverine and the X Men for those that uh, are so inclined. Love that book. Mark Farrington looks disgusted. Immediately, and I'll t- and I'll, I'm going to help you out. Chris Bacalo does not draw this issue. Listening. <laughs> oh, now Nick listening. Bradshaw. He did those Regenesis uh, posters. Remember when they built Regenesis and they showed the teams and the covers? Was that when they were blacked out and then like every day yeah. Marvel would show mm-hmm. a new character? Yeah, he drew this issue, um, and it it talks about. Um, Oh God! What does it talk about? It's a <laughs> no. It talks about uh, the new students coming in from the fallout of Uncanny X Force. Angel comes to the school along with Genesis. You know, young Apocalypse. They uh, they enter the grounds, and Genesis is having a hard time acclimating because everyone kind of knows that he's a young Apocalypse, but he doesn't know that yet. And Angel Angel shows up and. I'm pretty sure the the most recent issue of Uncanny X Force he doesn't have long flowing blonde hair, but he does in this issue. Hmm. Oh well, wow. it's the healing factor from ten years ago <laughs> kicking in. No, he did <laughs> at the end of X Force when he became that Tabula Rasa, the blank slate. He had the long hair and the. Wing I thought he feathers. was just wearing like a white outfit, like a white outfit, and he had the wings, and he had like the gambit, you know, face uh, covering. Do you remember that? Anybody else? No? I thought he was a nude. 
Am I right? Good grief. Uh, so in the, the hair on his head. <laughs> so in this one, I don't. I also don't recall him being this way in Uncanny X-Force, is that he thinks he's an angel and that he's kind of high as a kite all the time, thinking he's an angel. No, I don't remember that. Neither do I, but that's... Maybe that's the direction they're That's the it. direction they're going. So he's kind of... He doesn't remember anything, obviously, and Bobby is freaked out that he thinks he's an angel. Like, there's this really awkward scene where he sees that a family is burying their dead dog, and he comes in, and he's like, don't worry, I'm an angel. And he, like, <laughs> digs up the dead dog in front of the family, and they freak out, and, uh, you know, awkwardness ensues. I would hope. There's a cool scene, though, where they... Uh, where Deathlock is a guest speaker in the issue, and they talk about like how he knows the probability for everyone's future, and he like goes down the line of the class, like the '90s character Deathlock. Yeah, well, he's in Uncanny X Force. Oh, okay. Um, That's funny because there was a tweet about that today from the Jean Grey School. If you follow, if you're on Twitter, like I am, and uh, <laughs> the Jean Grey School is on Twitter. And they said there's going to be a guest speaker. Mm. That's, my mind is blowing right now. That's, that's some social media. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Uh, so he goes down the line and says, like, uh, you're Quentin Quire. You know, you have a 38% chance of, in the future, killing everyone in the X-Men or 40% chance of blowing up the school in six months and so on and so forth. And he goes to Genesis and he, like, looks at him and just leaves. He's, like, class dismissed. Wow. But there's a cool scene where they um, – uh, well, they get where they flash forward, and uh, Deathlock looks into the future when he meets up with Genesis again. But they show kind of a Days of Future Past future where Quentin and Idy and uh, the young Brood character are now the X Men as adults. Oh, nice! And uh, they show what happens with Genesis growing up, and this is like a probable future of theirs. So there's a side story where it's the future version of the of these students, and it's really awesome, actually. I didn't get to read the issue yet, but I thumbed through the uh, first page before we started recording, <clears throat> and I just thought it was so cool when uh, Wolverine was um, monologuing his job as a professor and as uh, a member as Wolverine, and he st- gets in fights and everything. But the first panel was like him juggling his teaching material, and he had like a cup of coffee hanging out of his mouth. He's trying to open the classroom door. I just mm-hmm. thought it was really cool to see him doing that. And then the next panel, he's got the white X Force uniform on, and uh, he's got like a. Chinese star stuck in his shoulder or something. And he's, like, cutting people up. Yeah, yeah. I, that was really cool. I liked it. Uh, you're reading X-Men more than I am, so like, correct me if I'm wrong. It just hit me. Most of the founding members of the X-Men are on Wolverine's side of the schism, right? Beast, Iceman, Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene's obviously dead and Cyclops yeah, is on the West Coast. Yeah, he has the founding members outside of Cyclops. I never thought about that dichotomy. That's interesting. Yeah. The other cool. the other Xbox stinks, so I don't read yeah. it. Actually, in other news, I I just dropped that from my weekly my monthly pool list. I picked so up the most recent Uncanny X Men issue, and there's like eight pages of more of Sinister in the first in the next oh, yeah. issue. See, and it's it. a fan it's on Uncanny, story. It's too. Uncanny Sinister is what the book is. Get out of here, Gillen. Dropped. Which is funny because the book I actually read is an X Men miniseries spinoff, Magneto, not a hero, number two. Uh, I've always liked Magneto. I thought that he's one of the most interesting villains in comics. One of my favorite adages about villains is the best villain doesn't think of themselves as a villain. They don't sit around twirling their mustache, tying women to train tracks. In their mind, they are absolutely right. That's awesome. You know those old... Never mind. Stylely whiplash. Here we go. Happens in Cuba now. But um, Magneto is a guy who has proper motivation for feeling the way he feels. 
and obviously his methods are extreme, but this book kind of examines it. Um, I've always hated that dichotomy that people say Xavier's it's your second use of dichotomy in this episode. <laughs> yeah, right? Just don't say paradigm or I'm going to end the show. <laughs> I've always hated that phrase where people say Xavier is Martin Luther King and Magneto is Malcolm X. No, inaccurate. Magneto is the guy who Never heard he's had a horrible upbringing. He was a Holocaust survivor. He loved a woman who was a human, and racist found out that she was dating a mutant and killed his wife. So he's got legitimate baggage issues. And the way this story is set up is one day Magneto, quote-unquote, kills a bunch of human supremacists, and it's caught on camera. The Avengers call Cyclops and say, hey, that's a, what's up with what, your boy? Exactly. Guess what we just saw? We need to talk. Magneto denies it's him. He goes to find out what's going on. Come to find out that it's actually his clone, Joseph, who died back in the 90s. Yeah, clones. Bana. Um, Beth Corta just threw up. Yeah. Clones. As she should. I feel silly explaining it, but I can honestly recommend it seriously. The story isn't really about the plot, per se, because they already explain how Joseph comes back. It's more about the study of Magneto, how he's looking at this clone who is the man that Magneto used to be. For the last couple of years, Magneto's been a part of the X-Men, and there's a great dialogue between Joseph and Magneto where he says, Joseph speaking to Magneto says, your people need you. He goes, I've never abandoned my people. All those years, the X-Men fought me. I never fought them. And he goes on to tell them that at this point, this is the best thing I can do for the survival of the human race is join the X-Men. And so it's just a nice story about how far a man has changed. Sounds like he better lawyer up. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, how's the art? The guy that does the art for that book, Clay Mann, does a lot of covers, and they're always awesome. It's not bad. It's um, It reminds me of the guy who did Siege, whose name escapes me. He also did Thor's reboot with JMS. Right. But I found that I really like the art. It's kind of hard to describe. Coipel? but it's, Oliver Coipel? Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, it's really hard to describe, but at no point... Was it a turnoff? It's quite the opposite. Hmm. It's a good book. The opposite of a turnoff. Clay man. Turn on? Put that on his business cards. <laughs> Sex. Um, we... Don't say it. We don't have time for another round. We need to get into the lightning round right now. I'm sorry, everybody. Way to break it Mr. down. Mr. Lightning Round, Dale underscore A. We'll get to you in a second. Good. Lightning Round. Uh, Beth Quarto is going to start off. Uh-uh. One book, two sentences or less. With punctuation? Uh, presumably. Okay. <laughs> Thesis writer. Keg. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Thesis Corto. Thesis Corto. Um, I picked up Animal Man. Oh, number Jeff Lemire. One. Number one. I picked it up for Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire on story, travel foreman on images. Wow, that voice went away quickly. It's okay. Um, it's okay. I think this is kind of the perfect melding of Jeff Lemire's dark storytelling and actually more clean art work. Wow. She's uh, dying. Rest yeah, in peace, Corto. Need more whiskey. Um, right up. This, this story has death and destruction, family troubles, all the things you expect from Lemire. Um, plus, it's a superhero, so I'm in. There you go. There you go. So now, now are you were are you drawn to this more because it's not it's like non 
it's like a not popular superhero. Would you have been interested in it otherwise outside of Lemire? You think? I I never heard of it before. Um, so no, I wouldn't have. If Jeff Lemire's name wasn't on it, I wouldn't have picked it mm. up. There you go, DC. I love the way he tells stories, but sometimes his art is a little muddy. And do I you think love this was him? A little bit. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Lemire, if you can hear this. Jeff Lemire, uh, I think we should have on the show. You know, let's, give her, let's bring him down to Willow Grove. Can you make that happen? Yeah. I'll make some calls. <laughs> Thank you. I'll make some Twitters. <laughs> I I am on Twitter though, so. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine and the X Men, Alpha and Omega, issue one. One. This art is crazy, hella good. <laughs> Quentin Choir is a douche. <laughs> Crazy hella good. Heard it there first. Rachel Rising number four. This was a favorite horror book of mine. Let's get to the point already. We're at issue four. Batman and Robin, number five. Henry Ducard. Of the movie fame. Right. Has a son. He wants to take Batman's son from him. Whoa. Did you cry? Lightning rebuttal. Save him for lightning rebuttal. Mark Farrington. Action Comics number five, Grant Morrison and Andy Kubert. Well written, beautifully drawn, DC New Fifty Two reorigin telling of Superman. Third origin of Superman I have read in seven years. Comma, do I need it? Question mark. <laughs> Well, someone should like try to write these <laughs> sentences out, and then yeah. just to, so that we can see them on a printed page, and just they look so, so terrible. My eighth grade English teacher, Mrs. Fox, would probably be happy to. Mrs. She Fox, can we get her on the show? She she's still around. <laughs> uh, Lost Dogs, Jeff Lemire's first uh, work, Labor of Love. Uh, who was Jen? Award-winning. Award-winning. Jeff Lemire did uh, art and story. Jonesy, give us a give us a little taste what the story's about. Okay. Uh, the main character in true Jeff Lemire fashion, um, goes through <laughs> a huge character journey. His role is a family man. Kind of like a lovable giant. Um, am I, can I spoil here? Is, is that kosher? Yeah, 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 sure. You know, through um, his journey, he loses his family, his uh, wife and daughter, to uh, a group of ruffians that basically leave him for dead. Putting him mildly, and uh, you know, there might be uh, some of the R word in there that we'll go into. It's truly awful what happens to this character in the book. And then um, 
at the end of the book, there's this touching one. Who is doing that? That's driving me nuts. Fourth wall, Jesse. Fourth yeah. wall. I feel like Seriously. Paper Cake West over here. Edit. Skype. Um, Internet beef. <laughs> so anyway, but there's this beautiful moment at the end of the book where uh, the main character is briefly reunited with his dying wife. And it's one of those Jeff Lemire moments. Like, I would describe um, in Essex County, there's that moment where you kind of figure out that uh, that's his father, that's the hockey player there. There's this, like, altering moment when he gets to see his wife again that uh, Lemire does so well, so crazy hella well, <laughs> that, uh, I, I don't know, it, Jeff Lemire takes you through an emotional journey more than a plot-driven journey and everything he writes. So it's really kind of hard for me to just do a synopsis with all these emotions bleeding in. Jeff Lemire can do no wrong. He might even wrestle away the maestro title from Scott Snyder. I mean, beautiful, beautiful book. Some of your thoughts. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cue the um, tears. Cue the tears. Now I want to hear. I want to hear from Beth Corto. So I think it, it's good that you mentioned Essex County. Um, this almost felt like it was one of the the side stories. Um, Jeff Lemire really likes turn of the century Canada and this was all over the turn of the century Canada storyline. Um, it was very evocative of what kind of drama could happen to a small family that's coming from the country inside in Canada, which Canada is a countryside. Who knew? Um, and so Shirley. What? Shirley. Anna Green Cables. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. You just outgirled the girl. <laughs> wow. You're right. oh, that's a thing. Dale, new host of Lady Keg. <laughs> you can co-host on Shoot Keg. Um, but I, I felt like, I mean, this came out in 2005, um, and he was he was young. He was He wasn't... He was still in his 20s when he wrote this, and it feels like it was before he learned how to edit. And Essex County is what happens after he learned how to edit. And I, I really appreciate being able to see the transition from his just straight put the pen to the paper, this is my story, this is my art, this is what I'm doing, to a more refined look at this is what I can tell with the skills that I have. And, I mean, Jeff Lemire can do no wrong for me. I will buy everything that he does. Um, get him on the paper keg, but um, I, it was—it's nice to know where somebody comes from to be able to better understand an artist. Yeah, I remember the four, like the intro when he was telling the making of and the journey he went through. Like the first time his wife ever saw it was when it was completed. I think he said, "Yeah," like he wasn't sure of it, and even when it was done, he's like, "All right, you can take a look at it." Um, yeah, I, it's funny that you mentioned. Uh, at Beth, uh, B underscore Corto on Twitter. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> when you say that, it, you know, before he learned to edit, there was a there, the first moment when um, they're at the dock and you see the street ruffians get the get their hands on the family and they take the wife and the daughter and they're beating the crap out of him and uh, you know they take the wife to get ard, you know, in a manner of speaking. I think we can say the R word, rape, maybe. Oh, sorry. We, did, we sorry. just don't condone it. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, right. But the well scene said. with the daughter, you know, when they're beating him up, and then, obviously, spoilers, you know, she just gets murdered right in front of him, 
Yeah. And I, I, you know, cried. Not going, I, you know, you don't know anything about the book going in. And I, I saw that. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, it, like the book t- took me to an emotional low that I don't know if any other comic has done so. Like, usually they're, you know, I think it's it was an abrupt low. Like, you weren't prepared for it. And you just, you know, the, all the scenes leading up to this were, like, fun, happy times with the family. Maybe not fun, happy, but they made do, and they loved each other. Yeah, and they were happy. So then, you you know, you see them going out once, I think, because the daughter wanted to go out into the town. God. I mean, that guy couldn't catch a break. What amazes me about Jeff Lemire is... I feel as though he can write his characters, especially this in Essex County, Essex County, to the point where you almost want to stop and ask yourself, did he go through this himself? Because the way he's just kind of evoking emotion in this book is incredible. I think the main character, the giant, the family man, spoke maybe 20 words in this actual 100-page book. But at no point were you ever confused as to what was going on and how he felt. The little things he would do with his face, just the way he was writing all the other characters in the actual story itself, spoke volumes with the minimalistic dialogue Lemire used. I would like to. I would like to actually ask him one day. I mean, I make no. I have no problem the way he writes or the way any any creator chooses to construct a story and invoke the emotion. I just wonder why Jeff Lemire always seems to go to a certain place. I mean, and it's beautifully told, but he always seems to go to a certain place in his stories where, I mean, they could just, he could just rip your guts out and he, but he does, I mean, he does it beautifully, but he does it. There's a, it's like a beautiful darkness to what he does that yeah, n- sucks y- you in. Right. Makes you cry like a slim baby. But he, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but if he can do it, he can do it in this. It doesn't Essex County. He does it in Sweet Tooth. I mean, they're all different settings and different stories, but he has the ability to just take you somewhere that uh, are pretty consistent. But, I mean, it's all beautifully done. You know, make no bones about that. The uh, the whole story with him, uh, his family getting, you know, taking from him and then he him ending up in a in the boxing ring because of the... Uh, Jack. Because of Jack, the old man, who basically tells him, uh, you know, if you fight for me... I can take you to your wife, and I was just like elated when he found out that maybe his wife was still alive. I wasn't too sure that it was really true until he saw her. I thought maybe he was just being played, and I felt terrible about that. He, and he was being played to a certain extent, but. Um, and then how about the so he does the he gets into the fighting <laughs> like the ring you know the underground fighting ring and he gets matched up against the champ you know of the underground uh, yeah. fighting league. If you want to call it that, but the Fight Club, like far and away, right? <laughs> Tom Cruise, everybody, greatest actor of our time. <laughs> so he eventually, you know, he's getting his his you know his face beaten because he doesn't feel like fighting. His, his life is over. Right. Yeah, and then he, you know, the you know Jack yells at him. You know, this is your last chance to see your wife, and he knocks the guy out. So he he finally gets information of what hospital to go to to see his wife and you know she's like near death so um he eventually makes the decision to take his wife home so that you know that she can die with him in the house and then you're taken to another uh emotional low because the 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 guy who was in charge of the fighter that got knocked out 
is pissed off because he thought this was a scam. So he takes him and Jack, the guy, the old guy that put him up to this, and lock them up and put him in a jail. Oh God! Yeah, you know, you feel terrible. He was so close to having some kind of closure with his wife, and then it gets interrupted again. That was the only thing that kept going through my head as I was reading this. Like the whole theme of this book screamed, "Why do bad things happen to good people?" The guy yeah. is just a happy family man, and every time there's just the slightest glimmer of hope that things will go, not even great for him, but just okay, they go worse. Like you were saying, Slim, it just, they take the bottom right out from under you. I do want to correct myself because I said that he wanted to take her home so she could die at home, but there was an amazing like three-page scene where he's lying in bed with her, and then you can see her pass yeah, she and the... Away lack of detail in the pages change like from page to page like it gets grayer and grayer and there's a lack of detail and just more you know ambiguity that was really awesome i thought that was a great page or great series of pages it's i i mean so after that he after he gets locked in the the room with the old man and walleye thompson the uh bald bull of the the uh, story um he basically they put him up to him wanting to be they want him to be the new fighter because while I can't show his face around uh, the boxing arena again because he's been shamed. So either he does this or he gets stabbed in the stomach, which happens. And uh, he's left to die on the floor. His uh, poor wife is still in the hospital bed. They're, they're waiting for him to come back with a means of transportation to so sh- so he can take her back home and uh bury her rightfully and that doesn't happen and uh and that's it and the one <laughs> you make it more depressing you make it sound yeah. more depressing than it actually ends but too. uh so it's pretty depressing like, yeah but, everybody your, dies. but your heart and the pit of your stomach <laughs> is just flut- fluttering and falling this whole time and then he sees he actually runs into the family dog unless i'm somehow mistaken i think that is his dog yeah and um, that's him crossing that's over. The, the dog helps them get into heaven. And then a ghost car comes and runs over the dog. <laughs> yeah. So wait, the now you you say that the dog helped them cross over? Well, so so the impression that I got, the dog was living with them, but they didn't have enough food to feed the dog. So I'm I kind of thought that the dog died and they left it behind. Ooh. And so as as his wife had died, his daughter died, as he's dying, the thing that helps him cross over, kind of a reference to Greek mythology almost, the Zebras at the River Styx. Thesis Classy thing. keg over Thesis here. Yeah, thing. right? Education um, keg. Yeah, what up? Um, <laughs> it, it's a, a dog that's bridging the gap for him. It's a familiar, a familiar face that is more believable than seeing exactly what he wants to see, which is wife mm. and his child. Seeing a dog that you know this this dog can't be alive, but here it is now. This can't be a fantasy. This is not something I would want to see, but this is a relief to bring me into the next plane of wow. whatever existence. You just made yet. the whole book for me. Yeah, uh, right. I didn't, yeah. really, I didn't think about that, but that's absolutely true. Because how far did they have to go to town, and how would have the dog found them? Lost right. dogs. Ah, oh, the book beautiful. is called Lost Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing We're all dummies. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe except for Beth. <laughs> but his, I mean, but yeah, his face and the last few pages, he Amazing. does cross into heaven and he sees his family again, like uh, 
my boy Russell Crowe Crow in Gladiator. You know, he's dancing so, in the fields of Elysium. But let me try something He's walking through and he's grabbing the oh, weed yeah. with his hands. Oh, that's beautiful. Great ending to that movie. Yeah. So basically, Lost Dogs, you're born, life sucks, then you die, but your dog will take you to heaven. It'll be a great <laughs> read if you're lucky. Yeah. Those dogs better pay me back in the afterlife, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there, there's so much, I mean, there's so much of Lemire, every piece of Lemire work after that. I mean, the art is just, you can see where everything <sighs> so of comes from now. Yeah, I it's raw it. but beautiful. And this this actually won a grant so he could get a publishing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that at all, or is that just something you? Uh, you know, sometimes I Wikipedia things. Oh yeah, well, can we do a? And that's actually from the uh, <laughs> one of the guys who invented Ninja Turtles. Invented, he invented the Ninja Turtles. It's his grant. He oh. awards. Oh wow! Well. It's like five thousand dollar grant for creator owned comics mm-hmm. to self Mark, uh, you've officially been replaced by Beth Corto on the show. <laughs> I'm just yeah. It's been a good run. <laughs> can I get a vote for an Easter egg after the? Uh, Closing song where Beth Corto just educates us about something. <laughs> I will be a teacher next week. <laughs> we'll just get our yeah, we'll get our our paper cake desks out and take <laughs> notes. You know what's funny is when we're reading the countless superhero comics we read, and a main character loses his wife and daughter, they're usually going to dress up in spandex, become a superhero, and avenge the night. But in Jeff Lemire's Lost Dogs, when that happens to the guy you really see the realism of how it would just shatter your world. I think for a good half, if not three quarters of the book, this guy had no motivation anymore. He was just shattered. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's been in love or has a family or whatever can tell you that that would be a devastating blow. And it was just funny to me that I've read this scenario so many times that I've almost become emotionally uninvested in a character losing their family. And then when I read this, it was almost as though it was the first time I've ever mm-hmm. seen it happen before. Yeah, that's... Because it really yeah. hits you. Mm-hmm. And like and like his other works, I mean, he does he does everything with just minimal dialogue, and the, the story's just driven home. I mean, there's his, so much in every page. His color, too. I mean, yeah. it's black and white, but there's red. There's red to just demonstrate how much violence happens to this family over the course of a couple of days, mm-hmm. which it pops out at you, it turns your stomach, but... A, a woman is raped to death and a child is killed. So it's it should be turning your stomach. Mm-hmm. It slit her throat right in front of his eyes, yeah. too. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> sorry. Not My a, fault. Not a family comic. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's not. But uh, the yeah in that vein, it's a quick read, but only because you have so much time to just take in each and every page. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, Mark, would you rate this higher or lower than Transmetropolitan? <laughs> Don't answer next that because next week is Transmetropolitan. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. Uh, one of the uh, whoop whoop. We won't listen to that. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think how how I'd rate this with our other book clubs. While you're thinking of how you'd rate that, I want to know how would everybody rate this to Essex County? Which did you care for more? What's the better? It's book? like I have two children, and I love them both. I just love them differently. The ones maybe a little bit slower. <laughs> right. You, you, ha- you don't ha- love them any less. You don't love yeah. them any less, but you you recognize. Essex County's pretty big. Yeah. Chunky. Yeah. Yeah. I think Essex. It's more developed. Yeah, it, it is more developed. And I think because of that, it's more. I would vote that higher. But this, you can definitely see Essex County and everything taking root in this book. So maybe this should be first. Who knows? Like maybe since. 
every piece that follows this is just Built as, upon this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This. What about you, Mark? I don't know. I was struggling with that all while I was reading that. And I am kind of going with Jonesy. I love them both, but just in two different ways. If I had to hand somebody one book over the other, I think I'd hand somebody Essex County. Yeah, Because I, I think you can more people can relate to the father-son parent dynamic versus losing your family, Lord willing. But mm-hmm. this is an outstanding read that I highly recommend to people. There you have it. What about you? We got right. your letters. <laughs> I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Um, I usually prefer ones that have more of an emotional pull, so I would rate uh, Lost Dogs higher. It's just me, okay. yeah. you know. I want to feel emotion. No, absolutely. This is something that uh, I mean, it evokes emotion that, like I, I feel like I say every other show, but something you would never picture to be a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we well are. said. Uh, we get letters every week from our faithful friends of the show. Thank you, friends. Letters at com. You know, we put the call out that we were going to have the Beth Corto superfan thesis creator <laughs> connoisseur of Cuba and other stuff. Mojitos. Yeah, I'm sure there's other stuff she knows. Buffy so Keg Brogliner. <laughs> uh, letters at com. Shoot us an email. Mark, do we have anything this week? We got a lot. They knew Beth Corto was coming on, and oh, they just boy. blew us up. Man. So first one's coming up from Marcus in Connerton saying, question for B. Corto. On a scale of 1 to 10, how useless is your vagina now having <laughs> after having sat in on an episode of Paper King? Oh, my gosh. What do you think of Animal Man? Pretty weird. Wow. That got right know to that the point. Animal Man. <laughs> that, That's so wow. weird. Are you in my apartment? <laughs> what is happening here? Is this from your roommate? Um, it could be. She might have a you know pseudonym. Um, well, are my, you now damaged? Damaged my, goods being on this podcast? Yeah, I mean. Oh my gosh! No, no other group of comics podcasting men will ever satisfy me like these. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fam, wow, that is amazing. Podcast. That is a that is a double verse troll. No, but right that there. is <laughs> that is amazing. Um, and I loved Animal Man. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it with this one. Oh yeah, you're in for a treat because the next uh, few issues get pretty freaky. Yeah, freaky good. So if anyone wants to sponsor Beth Corto buying, <laughs> 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 I might not have a job after Friday. Oh god. <laughs> Email funds at paperkate.com. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Next letter is coming from somebody who's looking to keep their name anonymous, but it's going to you, B. Corto. Yay. Forced to listen to past shows for material, but what does at B. Corto think of Catwoman getting absolutely destroyed by Batman in her sex areas in Catwoman 1 and 2, respectively? How inappropriate. So, so, so this, this is like, this this is like I lady, not, I not write this. <laughs> ladies' opinions on violence. I'm sex. not sure if you read. I, I didn't. Did you read that? No. There was, no. There was like a hot, dirty. Hot mess. You know, some women. She like, was destroyed, apparently. Like. <laughs> Um, it are lady parts what strong sexual advances, but as long as you communicate well with your partner, wow, where, yeah. wow, <laughs> relationship <laughs> advice on paper gig, Doctor Drew, over you here. know, 
Might be the whiskey the talking. It might There's, be. I feel like the darkest nerds in the corners of the internet yeah, <laughs> came out to write this? these letters. Now this one, the next one's actually pretty uplifting. Thank God. And serious, actually. Hey, paper keggers and Beth. I wonder if Beth gets tired of being singled out as a quote girl that reads comics end quote and not treated as a person. Really, that could go to all of you. When will the stereotype of the comic reader break down? Even Colby Smolders, who plays Maria Hill in The Avengers and also plays Robin Scherbatsky on How I Met Your Mother, H-I-M-Y-M. is an avid comic reader and let my friend Walking Dead trades when she was here. Does a famous person being a comic reader help or hurt the public face comic readers in the long run? Very exciting. So when do we think the stereotypes Sign of comic Mary reader Trump. will be broken down. No, that was actually from very exciting. Very exciting. So, oh, oh, Mark okay. just blew yeah. through that yeah. signature. So I, I think what I'm what I'm taking from this, part, part of the problem is people don't believe girls are reading comics because we like them. They think that we're reading them because boys like that we read them. And mm. I, I mean, I got it. Which is it. true, right? I, I mean, yeah, I'm totally doing this to get, you know, elbow Dudes. deep in nerds. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, it's... It's troublesome that we can't read what we want to read because it's deemed something that men want us to do. But, it, I mean, we wear high heels. We wear makeup. Is that what we want to do? Is that what men want us to do? We're getting into a whole feminist blog yeah. section of this. Save for Lady Keg. Yeah, Lady Keg. Lady Keg will explore this in detail. But I, I think I'm a girl and I'm a comic reader. I don't think the two are necessarily intertwined. I read what I like. I think that's what this this podcast is all about. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. well, well said. Think of your fellow man. Just a reminder, you can get your boobs and bush t-shirts if they were taken. Page 58. Oh, Tactington over here. Oh, yeah. Last one is coming from Seth in Georgetown, who's asking, I thought since you had a quote-unquote girl in studio, it would be fun for her to play a quick game of Mary F. Kill. So, Done. Mary F. Kill, slim, black guy, glasses. Can't wait to hear your response. <laughs> <laughs> Poor wow. Jonesy. It's okay. You I'm going to happily marry I'm going to marry F. and kill Jonesy because oh. he got left oh. out. Oh. So adorable. And That's a so cute. medical answer. Good <laughs> I, job. Good can we job. do an Easter egg where I just cried out after the show? <laughs> Most depressing Easter egg ever. <laughs> Also, you always go with the black man. Sorry. Giggity. <laughs> ah, zing. Giggity. Was, uh, that was a master stroke there, Beth Gorto. Do we have any other letters or is that it? Let's see. Do we have any? Glad you fellas have a girl on the show. This letter was originally to suggest you change your logo to a bottle of Jergens lotion. <laughs> Quick question for Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares for your Pitbull Rottweiler when you're away doing podcasts? <laughs> Signed John Double T seven six five. Apparently, John thinks I'm DMX, and I've got pit bulls and Rottweilers. Earl Simmons. Uh, Floyd this Mayweather. might be the best episode we've ever done. Another episode of Thug Life and Paper Guys. So you're saying you do not have those dogs? Is that what you're telling John? I don't believe that for once. Judging by the way your dogs attack me, and I panic. No. I've never seen anyone more frightened by dogs in my entire life. It's like you raise them to be racist. Everybody else walks through the door, and they're just sitting there whimpering. I walk through the door, and it's World War Three. They're just barking, ready to attack. Come on, they're black. It's there's, okay. There's two things my dogs, dogs hate. It's people on bicycles and dark skinned people. So just, I highly advise Never you Never ride a bike. <laughs> Never ride a bicycle near my house or you will be murdered. Sadly, he's not making this up. His one-year-old son is more comfortable with these dogs than I am. Uh, 
What a show. Great show. What Wind a show. Column. Any other ones? Or is, or is nah, that that's it. I think we broke the win column for this one. Yay. I don't know if this one will ever be topped. I'll come back. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. We uh, we did want to briefly talk about... Uh, Sap- we did a, uh, an episode on Savage Dragon. Highly controversial. Highly controversial. Uh, little did uh, most people know there are very hardcore Savage Dragon fans. They From the beginning, they, they, they stuck with it. Uh, there's also a Savage Dragon podcast. Yeah. Savage Fincast. Uh, they did a little review of uh, our review on the Savage Dragon. You know, we put it out there. We weren't sure if the trade that we read was really just 90s-ish and not a fair representation of the the, the series. Uh, so they gave us uh, some pointers on what to read you know, to, yeah. to try to stick it out. Yeah, they pretty much confirmed that what we read was probably a, a very poor representation of the entirety of the book. Um, as as paper keg, we approach the title unless it's like a, a highly established, you know, like Spider Man. We're going to approach all titles from volume one on. So we just naturally went to that one. And as new readers, none of us have ever read or read it before. So as a new reader, we'd probably start with Savage Dragon number one. That's why we went there, and uh, they pretty much confirmed that it's not definitely not as high quality as the uh, some of the, uh, a lot of the other Savage Dragon books out there and. Uh, on uh, paperkeg.com on the Savage Dragon podcast post they a couple of them list a number of issues that we should check out and mm-hmm. uh, and you guys should check out too and uh, they do a podcast I mean to to uh to do a a podcast on Savage Dragon I mean uh, great great for them to yeah. do it and spread the Savage Dragon word I mean it's been around for 20 years 20 years got to got to be for a reason I think Craig or or Mike or one of them brought up the fact brought up a uh, 100 bullets being a great example we reviewed 100 bullets the same way and for the most part, it was pretty a pretty mediocre review because we reviewed volume one of 100 Bullets. And I know I can attest that if I hadn't stuck it out from that, I would have never known the beauty of 100 Bullets. So it obviously it holds true for other comics as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think maybe a few episodes we'll, we'll try out you know, some of those issues maybe during the, the uh, roundtable yeah. we'll uh, discuss. That'd be good. Yeah. I do have to admit, it's very classy of them to go non-troll. Just be like, hey, let's just help you steer yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Versus I think we got some troll action when we uh, panned uh, Hunter Bullets. So You know what? It's a move that not a lot of fanboys are really good at. They'll tell you that they hate something, but they can't point out why mm-hmm. they hate it or what you might not have caught. Kind of like when you didn't like Scalped. Like, you didn't give any reasons. You just hated it. Yeah, you just... Uh, you mean the book that redefined God-awful to me? <laughs> <laughs> but the guys over at the Savage Podcast really kind of articulately broke down yeah. some of the reasons why that we just didn't necessarily care for the book. Some I agreed with. You know you know a comment that they made that I liked the most, and I, uh, I apologize. I can't remember which one of them made the comment, but they alluded to the fact that, you know, Eric was still trying to find his voice and still continues to find his voice. Mm-hmm. And I, it didn't necessarily turn me back on the book, but I was like, you know, with fans like that who treat the material, you know, almost that spirit, uh, spiritually, uh, you know, I definitely want to give it another turn. Yeah. There you have it. So uh, thanks, Savage Fincast. Yeah. And thanks for the props. We appreciate it. They didn't give you props. They gave... Uh, I'll take props. and So listen to yeah. them in return. Uh, next week... Ooh. Transmetropolitan polarizing. 
to say the least. Uh, you can start the drinking game now for how many times <laughs> Gen Z says polarizing in that episode. Uh, don't if, be meta. If you're intrigued. Don't be meta. Uh, Beth Corto, it's been your honor being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. You're not doing anything next week. Swing by for the Transmetropolitan yeah, Talk. Yeah, maybe I will. You yeah. never know. Yeah, sure. I yeah. drop in. Stop you can by. find your way back here, right? You won't be late. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see everybody next week. that time again folks this is becoming a trend <laughs> i know it is, it is. Yeah. um i don't what do we have anything to just gotta get some i think we just our, our pitch was fireside chat with beth corto oh and yeah easter egg so that we could get learned yeah you need I to educate much, us i have much to teach yeah Mostly it's about right. feelings and colors and letters. All right, listen, oh, listen, I'm going to bring the music back up. <laughs> I don't know. In this last podcast, I think you actually happened to mention Greek mythology. <laughs> you schooled us on Lemire. This was the classiest podcast we've ever had. Drinking whiskey. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. And drinking whiskey, yeah. Uh, what can I say? I'm an educated broad. And humble. Yeah, you know. Very humble, yeah. She's taken, gentlemen. <laughs> she has a man. For so. now. No, Dale, was that for us <laughs> or for you? <laughs> Look, all right, inappropriate. <laughs> I also make a mean pot roast. So. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and she uh, can cook. Man. Jesus. Yeah. All this and cooking, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Great show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think you should uh, be a frequent guest star. This was uh, definitely a spin on the show we don't we don't necessarily have. Keep, I know. mean, I have many opinions, and I'm willing to share them with multiple people. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think of what other books we could do. I don't know, Beth Corto. What? What? Should, have we done day tripper for? Uh, I don't think we ever for paper keg. Not oh for my god! Yes, tripper keg. <laughs> You're right. You need, keg. Lay down. you need to lay down. Goodness. Oh my god! Um, that would be that would be a great one. I've always yeah. wanted to read V for Vendetta too. I would do that. Hmm. Does anyone in here read it? I um, have not read it. Remember, remember, remember the Corto of November. Oh God! Close. This guy. Uh, it he's, already, he's already on catchphrases. This, this, <laughs> the sink of yeah. suburban superstars. That's a big book, isn't it? It's like. 500 pages? Yeah, oh, we're not here. reading it. That's, that's a lot of pages. I took a pic when I was when I first started at Comicsology. I had the I took a picture of the iPad next to oh that was from Hell. Yeah, that wasn't V for Vendetta. Yeah, uh, from yeah. Hell is huge. Did you that's see the Jack uh, the Ripper book right? From Hell. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did you see the uh, video of? Um, I do a Jack Temple the Smith. Ripper book. Did you see Temple Smith doing the next I issue did. of Hell? I did. Booners. Yeah, I had to go uh, into the bathroom for a few minutes. Took a train to New Bonerton. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it only took this long. Um, what else? So V for Ven? Did you say V for Vendetta? Yeah, yes, we talked about it for a couple minutes. <laughs> v for Vendetta. It's like he doesn't even listen. You know, to let's rescind podcast. that offer. <laughs> we'll just take a break. V for Vendetta. Day Tripper. What else? Lemire, mm-hmm. have any other work? Mm. We've already done Sweet Tooth. Yeah, we did. We could maybe do that again, though. That could be another rehash. Mm-hmm. We did that early comics podcast. That was early. Pretty early. I listened to that one. Did you? What did yeah. you think? What was, the, quali- what was the quality like of that one? I, oh, I'm too afraid to listen yeah, to that. I mean, that was like paranoid. a year ago. You can't honestly expect me to remember that far back. <laughs> I'd be so scared. 
You sounded great. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that is a super fan talking. Don't, um, don't pander. Love I'm it. trying to think. What else? What else? We'll send your suggestions. Yeah. Well, nobody listens to the Easter egg. No, we, don't, don't. we don't know if it's confirmed so, that anyone listens yeah. to this. I listened. Criminal. But also because you said it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, the Easter egg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, there's going to be an Easter egg. It defeats the purpose it of the d- Easter egg. Well, well we, listen we later. We didn't mention it in Transmetro, did we? That there was no, an Easter egg? Maybe. No. I don't think we did. Yeah, no. I'm going to predict that in the next episode, I'm going to say something about not telling people about Easter egg. I think <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. I'm very, I'm very confused by what you just said. <laughs> He's trying to play the uh, meta theater of the mind. Um, Do you think by episode fifty we could have an Easter egg sounder? Is that asking too much? I think that defeats the purpose of Easter eggs having a sounder. It does you can have a sounder for everything? You do have a sounder for everything. I do have a sounder for I'll everything. I'll sing with archives. you. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, we Lord. need a Beth Cortez yeah. sounder. What is uh? What's what would BC do? Right. WWBC. Oh God. Um, all right. 112. It's getting long. Okay, bye. Unless you want to talk. Hour 12. Thank yeah. you, and good night. People, the people love me. Yeah. They, they do. do. They do. They They're at least write me letters about vaginas. Disgusting, <laughs> terrible, and chauvinistic and letters. Vaginas and feminism. <laughs> I Guys. know more stuff than that. And Catwoman <laughs> getting railed. That was yeah. disgust. Just... Who, are those regular letter writers? No, those were new ones. <laughs> so, of course... At very exciting was a regular that'll writer. Probably, right, right, right. That'll probably be the last time they email unless Beth Corto's back on. Right. Yeah. yeah. They come I'll out come of the woodwork. How does it feel to have a a legion of nerds that are in love with you because of just your voice and Buffy Keg alone? I'm powerful. And, I'll make them do and my you were, bidding. You were immortalized by a Brad Heidmeyer cover. Oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I love that. Brad. Yeah, that was amazing. Brad, you can draw me any day of the week. Whoa. <laughs> Brad is a married man with children. I know. He can draw my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joan. Joan did try to take it someplace that it didn't. Yes. It's inappropriate is what you're doing. I'm going to take you off my Mary F. Kill list. For, for the record, Mark was talking about boobs and bush the whole episode, and <laughs> we're fine with that. Call back. <laughs> I would be killed, though, wouldn't I? Mark tactic. You'd be finished. I would be killed. You'd be mutilated. Jail finished. Yeah. <laughs> I would put you in jail. Of what episode was, it? was that? It. This episode, too? Yeah, that was this episode. Oh, God. This is great. We should have these little chats after our <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Fireside chats. I'll Fireside just come ch- for the Easter eggs. Fireside chats with yeah, Beth Corto. Just show up. Just drive down <laughs> to the suburbs for the last 10 minutes of the episodes. I'm losing my car, too. So. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. Nice having so you. So this is the last yeah. guest okay, appearance. Bye. <laughs> Isn't there some kind of train that comes by here? Oh, sweet Jesus, the train. The R2? Yeah, some kind of R2, R2 L2, something or other. R2, L2, R2, 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 R2. Slim will let you Skype in. No. <laughs> no. no way, never. Yeah. No. Veto. Paper keg, the Skype years. Skype veto. What's our timeline looking like? Uh, it's over. I'm shutting it down. Uh, Thank you. See everybody. See everybody. Yeah. We're not going to listen to this. Ciao, ciao.